On the Wake Up Radio presents your host, D. Ivory, New Energy. to the family what's going on hold on one second i'm gonna get these headphones in can y'all hear me all right loud and clear peace 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 peace, peace guys yes we can hear you peace, peace queen what's going on family um yes uh let's 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 get into it I, uh well first of all everybody everybody that's in the room now is, is all uh is all part of the family um i just want to Thank y'all for tapping in with me. Uh, let's let's have a little ping party real quick. Let's get some heads in the room because I want to have a real engaging conversation. Um, first of all, welcome everybody. This uh, this is the first time um, that the new energy room will be. Uh, uh, what, I'm sorry. Hold on will be produced by uh, Cindy Ashby Productions. Um, we are on On The Wake Up Radio. So tap in to uh, onthewakeupradio.com. Tap in to otwtube.com. Uh, and also tap in to, uh, tap in to uh, Cindy Ashby. She's there in the audience, so make sure everybody's following her. Um, so I want to uh, have this, this room right here just a little bit different than what we normally do. Uh, I just wanted to be able to to connect on a on a different level. Um, you know, we've all learned a little bit about each other about each other over time in these rooms. Um, but a lot of times, you know, the conversation is kind of objective. We're talking about things that are happening in the world within our communities. Um, but uh, you know, I've, I've gotten bits and pieces of some of our journeys, and uh, I just wanted the opportunity for some of us to kind of break the ice as it pertains to how we got to where we are. You know, how we got to, to understand the world the way that we do. How do we all end up on the same frequency where we where we just know what, what time it is, you know what I mean? Um, you know, a lot of us have been through a lot, and, you know, we took the, the scenic route to get to where we are. But nevertheless, we're here. We've intersected at this time. It's 2021. The world is going crazy, but for whatever reason, you know, those of us who, uh, those of us who can resonate with this frequency – um, we're still able to maintain, you know, enough to, to know, you know, who we are and to know who our tribe is, you know? Um, and so we find ourselves, you know, on, on this platform together and we having these powerful conversations. So I wanted to take it to the next level and, uh, make it just a little bit more, uh, a little bit more personable, a little bit more personal as far as, um, what, what it is that, uh, what it is that we've gone through in terms of our journeys, you know, where, where did you come from? Like what, what, uh, what, what awakened your consciousness? What put you on this path to enlightenment? You know, what put you on, on the path to revolution? Uh, what, what made you passionate about the liberation of our people? Um, I'm not going to, you know, expect, uh, too much disclosure, you know, without disclosing things myself. So I guess I'll start out 
I'll start out with me. Um, well, first of all, I want to I want to share this with y'all because today is kind of a full circle moment for me. Back in 2002, um, my first semester in college, I went to Winston Salem State University in 2002 to uh, uh, to get my bachelor's in mass communications. I never finished that program, um, but it was a hell of an experience. My first my first uh, semester on college campus. I uh, I had started a uh, a weekly program called Free Express, and every week on Tuesday, and this is why it's full circle. Every week on Tuesday at six p.m., I had this group called Free Express, where you know people from all over the campus, you know, all different types of people would come, and we did spoken word poetry. We used to build, just talk about you know all type of different things. Um, and then we had like a little freestyle, you know, rap session at the end of it, but it became like a campus, you know, a campus staple, you know, that people look forward to every week. Um, and it was really dope for me. Um, and I, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of, you know, room there to kind of just be creative with the conversations we were having. Um, you know, it, it edified me a whole lot. It was extremely, uh, extremely fulfilling for me to be able to bring a group of people together to relate on the level that we were. Um, what's really interesting about that is that my daughter ended up being born out of that whole situation because I met her mother at free express. Um, so I kind of, you know, established a name for myself on campus for what I was doing. Um, long story short, you know, here we are years later. Uh, shit, how long ago was that? What is that? 19, 19- 19 years ago, almost 20 years ago. And here I am, you know, um, Cindy has been gracious enough to, to allow me onto this platform of hers. Um, and then, you know, we have clubhouse obviously, which is, which is a, a good tool for us to be able to gravitate and, and build. But here we are all these years later. And, <laughs> and, you know, Tuesday at six o'clock is the, is the time slot that was chosen for me to be on this platform. And I just thought that was extremely powerful. And so I, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to have a room about our journey. Um, so I, I definitely want to get a little bit deeper into my system, into my journey to kind of share it with the family. Um, but I also, I also would love for y'all to come up and, and engage as well. You know, let's get a conversation going, you know, let's figure out, you know, what, what we might all have in common, you know what I'm saying? Or what might be different. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we took different routes to get to where we are. Um, but I just, I definitely want to just have a good build. And, uh, and tap in with y'all. So, uh, come on up if you feel, if you feel like sharing. Um, but for now, we got the God Wealth and we got the Queen Chanel on stage. Queen Aisha, Queen Tareen, thank y'all for joining. Queen Latisha coming up. Um, but let's, let's start in order. Let's go, uh, let's go with you, Wealth. How you feeling, God? Peace, King. Peace. Uh, it is always a pleasure to be here with the family. Um, I think this would be a great discussion. Uh, let me give a disclaimer first. I got a client coaching call at 6.30, so I won't be able to stay, but I'm glad I get to partake. Um, what gems? There's been so many that I've found in, in, in this life's journey. A um, little background about me. I was born in Barbados uh, in a very mm-hmm. uh, poor part of the country. And I went up until I was about I said until I was about five or six, he used to use our house 
We didn't have running water in the house. We had to go get water. You know, so from, from those humble beginnings, and, and I immigrated, you know, to New York when I was 13. But uh, from those humble beginnings, uh, it, it was actually a blessing because I didn't know I was poor until I, well, financially. I mean, to be very specific. I didn't know I was uh, financially poor until I actually moved away and got exposed to different standards of living. Um, I didn't I didn't know I was poor until I got exposed to those different standards of living. And um, rich, though. We were rich in the sense that personal connection, people connection, our, my relationships were richer with the people around me because we value people. We value. Real quick, well, my apologies. Make sure when y'all come on stage, y'all, y'all mute your mic as soon as you get up. Appreciate you. Go ahead, go ahead. Thank you, King. Um, yeah, uh, because we didn't have a lot of uh, uh, superficial things to get in the way, we valued relationships with people more than um, we, we value relationships with people more than, than things and we built healthier relationships and I, and, and I think that that really set the foundation that, that gave me a strong uh, a strong internal compass of putting people before things um, I mean it, it, it was it was uh, it was very it was interesting because I was more, I, I'd say I grew up more in tune with nature because I would go outside and just find my entertainment, you know, with the plants and the animals and people, you know, when my friends were available, I would, I would, I would, I would cherish those things. And it was a bit of a culture shock, you know, when I moved to Brooklyn, <laughs> which is a completely different dynamic. And I had to adjust quickly because, uh, it was definitely a jungle out there and, uh, and, and I realized very quickly that the wheat get eaten first. So uh, I kind of went from one polar extreme to another in terms of my behavior and, and my interactions with the world. But uh, that entire journey uh, through my childhood, you know, um, it, it definitely, it was necessary, including the parts that I, I used to look at and sometimes I used to wonder why. Why, why me? You know, why can't I have all the things that you know, I, I look at other people. I look at them as wealthy in other areas. You know, and I was like, "Wow, they, 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 they got all the stuff." And and why me? Why I have to go through what I had to go through? And now I look at it. You know, not just now, but I learned. You know, early in life, like in my, in my early twenties, late teens, um, I really began to appreciate the journey because I realized that because of those trials and tribulations that I went through in my younger years, it conditioned me tougher than most people around me. And in, in situations where I would see, you know, people around me break and I was in a similar situation, I had a type of resilience that I realized that they didn't have because they wouldn't have a condition to deal with those types of circumstances. You know, so um, jewels, you know, when, when you talk about what gems I found, you know, uh, relationships with people, you know, uh, people relationships, you know, uh, things are to be used and people are to be valued, not the other way around. You know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm. that, that, I think that's one of the biggest gems 
that I can drop real quick without without you know taking too much time. Hey, that's that's powerful in itself. That's powerful in itself. Well, and yeah, I can actually relate to a lot of that because you know a lot of times, especially when you're enlightened as a child, when you're enlightened young in life, you you experience that where you see other people who might who might not be as enlightened or who might just move in a state of ignorance and able to do all type of things and succeed and, you know, get all of these things that you might even, you know, as far as envy at those ages and wonder why, you know, how come they can get away with it and I can't, you know, how come they can go and, and you know, my mom tell me I can't cross the street, but they cross the street all the time. And they, you know, they have a good time. Why well, I can't, you know, but I, I find like in, in, you know, along my path that, you know, those of us who know better, if we don't do better, we have the worst consequences. It's the people that move in complete ignorance and, and don't know nothing about nothing <laughs> that can go out here and, and, and move without consequence a lot of times. But I mean, ultimately, you know, things come, come full circle because you know how karma works. But, you know, a lot of times from the outside looking in, it's looking like, damn, you know, why can't I, why can't I move like that and, and you know, and, and, uh, and live a certain lifestyle? But that ain't for us. You know what I'm saying? We got a different call. We got a more powerful call. And D, I want to I want to just make it clear, right? You know, just that people can understand that there's a balance there. This is not saying that I'm some kind of you know walking on air, you know, flawless person. My pendulum mm-hmm. had swung, right, mm-hmm. in my lifetime, and during my teenage years, it swung. And trying to adapt to the new environment, it swung from the one side, which was definitely you know relationships first and it swung completely to the other side where I went to a stage where I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do what everybody else is doing because that's the way to do it. And like you mentioned just now, even though I was entertaining the other side of the pendulum, I was already polarized. My foundation, my compass was already set. So even mm-hmm. though when I was over on the other side doing a lot of, you know, just I'll call it destructive behavior, self-destructive and, and just destructive to the community in general. You know, I never felt comfortable there. Mm-hmm. I always knew inside myself, wait, there'll be, what are you doing? This is not right. You can't yeah. stay here. You got to find your way out this place because I'm not comfortable here. And internally, I'm not comfortable here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that internal compass will, will pull you back to where you're polarized. Yeah, that's real. That's real. That was that was you being guided. You know, that was some spirit guides putting you back in line. See, and when you when you get older and you get more mature, you know you <laughs> you avoid that discomfort at all costs. And that's where I'm at with it. As soon as that thought comes, man, what you doing here? I'm out. I gotta go. I'm not answering the phone. <laughs> I'm offline. <laughs> but, it's uh, a yeah, because you can recognize. Nah, it is. Because of the experience, yeah. and I know what's down that road, I, I choose not to travel down that road anymore. So the experience in itself was a blessing because now I, 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 I can make a more informed decision in my actions and say, you know what? I choose not to be that person anymore. Right. And I feel like one of the greatest forms of misery is, is you know, sitting in, a, sitting in a space where you know you don't belong. Um, and fighting against yourself to stay there. <laughs> that's one of the, that's one of the biggest miseries you can experience. And then coming out of that, that's why a lot of people are, are 
out here, you know, stressed, depressed, and well-dressed because, you know, we're walking around trying to tap into circles that we ain't got no business being in, being involved in. You know, but I, hey, well, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I appreciate your transparency and, and uh, giving us a piece of your story. Um, y'all, uh, let's try to get some more some more people in the room. If, uh, if y'all got some folks y'all want to ping in. Um, I'm actually pinging some folks, too. But uh, Queen Chanel, would you care to share with us? What are some of the gems that you picked up on your journey? Peace, everybody. Peace. Well, thank you for having me, uh, uh, Dee. Like Delane, I learned I learned a lot, but one of the things that really shaped who I am today um, with my family and learning that I am more than enough. So, like Delane, I come from a Caribbean background. Um, I'm first generation here. Uh, my entire family is from Guyana, and that's in South America. For some people who don't know, um, and. I was born here, and then when I was about 10 months, my mother sent, sent me to Guyana to live with my, my aunt and my grandmother because she worked as a, a babysitter up here, a nanny. And she, you know, back then, a lot of Caribbeans, they worked as nannies, and they couldn't really keep their kids with them because they worked a lot of long hours. So they would send the kids back home for the families to take care of them until they're financially able to bring the kids back. So I came back when I was four, and I came back with my older sister. And so when I came back, I learned to talk when I was down there. So I, I, everything that I knew was, you know, I am Guyanese. So I remember when I came back, you know, my mother and my, uh, my, my father would make fun of me when I would identify myself as being Guyanese. They would tell me, you're not a Guyanese, you're a Yankee, like meaning you're American. Um, and I, I was like four or five years old from an early age. I'm like, but I am Guyanese. Like you guys are Guyanese. So I'm Guyanese too. And then when I would go to school, the kids would make fun of me because they would tell me I'm a foreigner. And then when I come home, my parents would make fun of me because they look, they, they tell me I'm a foreigner. So I remember feeling like not really knowing exactly where I belong. I just feel like really lost. And, you know, and they would like pick on me a lot about it. You know, to them, they thought it was being funny. But to a kid coming up, you know, learning themselves, their identity of themselves, their family, it can be very confusing it can, it can be seen, uh, deemed as a form of rejection. And overall, it's just your, your, your self-esteem can get really, really um, low. On top of everything, back, I was born in the early 80s. And back in the 80s, you know, light skin was like the thing, you know, like the thing. And if you were dark skin, like people made fun of you if you were dark skin. And my own family used to make fun of me because I was dark skin. So here I am in dark skin. Um, they're calling me a foreigner. So I'm just feeling like I don't belong anywhere. So it was as I started to grow up, but at the same time, I always had a strong sense of self, even though, you know, I felt a little uh, self-conscious about certain things, like my complexion, but I still had a strong sense of self. So even though they would make fun of me, I'm just like, whatever, you know, I'm still, you know, Guyanese, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And then as, as I got older, I kind of, because I stood firm to who I I knew I was, I kind of got them to stop um, picking on me and making fun of me in no sense. So I would say things to them like, you know, if you see a Chinese person that was born here in America, would you call them Chinese or would you call them American? And then they would say, oh, I would call them Chinese. I'm like, so what's the difference? So I had to actually be the one to be the change in my family to teach them 
that their behavior was toxic to to me. And now that I have my own kids, you know, I kind of teach them, you know, not to let any external um, factors, even if it is relative, not to let them define who you are. So I would constantly, you know, and, you know, Wells and myself, we would constantly pour affirmations into them, you know, letting them know, you know, who they are, you know, what they're destined for. And when we pick their names, you know, we were just talking about this today. When we picked their names, we didn't pick their names based on how it sounds. We picked their names based on the meaning. And each of our four kids, their names have powerful meanings that as they grew, it reflected, it reflects who they are. Um, like my son, his name is Kayam, which means light. And everywhere he goes, like people are just naturally attracted to him. Like people just draw to him like, like a moth to a flame. Like it's, it's so like, it's so amazing to watch people. And he's very um, quiet. Like he goes into a room and he literally lights the room up, even though he doesn't speak one word. So, you know, um, what one of the gems that I take away from my journey is, like I said, not to let anybody define who you are, even if it is your relatives. And sometimes you have, sometimes you have to tell your relatives, like, no, you know, your behavior doesn't serve me right now, and I need to remove myself from you so that you can no longer invade peace. And you know, that's just one of the things that I learned along the way that that stuck with me till today. And you know. As I, I'm, I'm 38 now, so, you know, I no longer have those same traumas, but sometimes certain things does trigger me to make me uh, remember my childhood, but, you know, I don't let it define who I am now, and I don't mind telling my story because in telling my story, you don't know who else is in the audience that's listening that needs to hear, you know, the journey that we've been through so that they know how to get through their journey as well. I just wanted to share that. This is Chanel, and I'm done speaking. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, and especially what you just said at the end there, because that's, that's really the purpose for this space right here is, is, is to kind of, you know, draw those parallels and so that we can all, you know, leave with a better understanding of the fact that, you know, a lot of us have, have the same experiences. A lot of us have, have had to deal with those same types of things. And it's interesting that you point that out because I can relate on so many levels to, um, kind of being singled out in that way. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get more into my journey. I, I kind of want everybody else to tap in first, but um, I can relate. I can definitely relate. I'm sure I'm sure others in the room probably can too. I actually was thinking about uh, having this room titled uh, or just to go more so in the direction of, you know, being black sheep in our family um, and how difficult that is and trying to, you know, wake up the rest of the family or at least, you know, uh, get them the hell off your back. You know what I mean? But I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna share more on that in, in, in a little bit. Um, Queen Aisha, thank you for joining us. What's going on? Peace to everybody in the room. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, sound great. Okay, awesome. I'm driving. Okay. Um. So, uh, my journey has been one that I I still feel like a lot of times I'm I'm. I'm traversing, and I know that we all are, but, um, you know, I grew up a military kid. Um, we lived in a lot of different places, and I can remember growing up always feeling like every time I got established somewhere, every time I felt like I was growing roots somewhere, we would get uprooted. So I learned how to become 
somewhat of a loner um, because I never really knew how long I was going to be in a place. So, you know, I was able to make friends here and then I would have to go. So learning how to adapt and readjust was like my biggest thing. Um, one of the things also, you know, that I struggled with as a child was trying to figure out why I felt so different um, than other people. Like I didn't do a lot of the same things that the other kids my age did. I didn't feel the same way. And I just always felt like I was weird. <laughs> so it was like, you know, once being a military child, like I was also raised up in the church. So a lot of my identity was placed in that. And I felt like that's where I had to find all the answers and that's where everything had to be sought out. But I always had more questions. Like stuff didn't always make sense to me or um, I was able to do things as a child, like here, and and sometimes see things, and I was a dreamer, and I was always afraid to ask about it because I didn't want to seem like, you know, I was doing the devil's work. So I kind of just kept a lot of that stuff to myself, and it wasn't until, uh, I want to say, maybe like my late 20s, early 30s, that I kind of started br- branching out from that and trying to discover and define who I was, I guess, and, and not necessarily be this mold and this cast that I know, you know, my parents wanted me to be and my friends or my family, I should say, expected me to be. And it kind of just started with me breaking away from that church structure. And, you know, once I was able to do that, I got a lot of pushback from that, especially from, you know, people in my family. And, um, now it's more so me breaking into the fact that, you know, I'm able to tap into these spiritual gifts and not be afraid of them and not be ashamed of them and not try to hide them um, based on what someone else is going to say, think, or do. So it's, it's kind of like a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a struggle, but kind of like a constant uphill battle just trying to get to that place in myself where I am completely and a hundred percent accepting of it regardless of what anybody else thinks. But, um, you know, just starting my journey by listening and watching other people talk about, you know, African spirituality or, you know, just us as a people, as black people and where we came from, because for the longest time, like, you know, I was like slavery and that, that's kind of where it ended for me. But when my eyes were open to, us being so much more, I would say that's kind of like where my journey began. And I just been feeding that and allowing that to, you know what I'm saying? Be my guide over my head and learning lessons and, and all that good stuff there. Um, I'm trying to talk fast cause I'm headed to work and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm thankful that Daniel decided to have this room so that people could express that and we could kind of get to know each other better on a, um, on a more personal level. So, um, I think that's all for now. I'm quite sure we'll be able to convene again and I'll be able to share some like, you know, key points, but thank you very much for listening. No, Hey, thank you for, thank you for taking this short period of time out, even though you got something to do. Um, and you know, I used as, as far back as we go, you know what I'm saying? You, you and I have seen each other on both sides of the spectrum, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the funny thing about it. Cause you know, for those who don't know in the room, you know, I and I, uh, went to high school together. And, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same for everybody. Like, high school is not that distant of a memory. Even though it was 20-some-odd years ago, you know, I still remember everything vividly. You know what I mean? And so it's just dope to have uh, have Aisha in the space, you know, having uh, 
having witnessed her journey and, and uh, vice versa. So that's dope, Aisha. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, yeah, uh, we got a uh, we got Queen Tareen next on the joint. I just had the PTR make sure we were going in order. Queen Tareen, how you feeling? Peace, peace. I'm I'm feeling great. Uh, peace. peace, everyone inside the room. Uh, I appreciate this room. This is a good space to be in. Even though I'm not big on uh, sharing too much personal stuff, but I'm I'm learning to get uh Come to get now. over that. Um, I do. <laughs> I do got to actually head up out of here. Um, I'm supposed to be out of here by 6.32, so I'm going to try to keep, uh, be as quick as possible. But, um, but yeah, my journey um, was definitely uh, was something. I'm, I'm a, a, a preacher's grandchild. My grandfather actually just passed away um, a little over a week ago. He passed away last Sunday. Um, so I'm sorry I to hear that, Blake. Thank you. So I grew up in the church. Uh, my grand, my uh, father was the um, organist. He was uh, in charge of the, the music department. And I'm, I was a daddy's girl, daddy's girl heavy. And because of the love and the relationship that I had with my father, I was a nosy child too. Everyone always, you know, would tell me how nosy I was, how I need to mind my business. But I was just never interested in childlike things. Um, it was always interesting to get into the conversations of adults because it was like they had the meat of what was going on in the world around us. But I remember since the age of four, listening to my grandfather uh, preach really just opened my eyes up. I was able to make that connection that, hey, this is my grandfather up in the front of the church speaking to all these people. Like, what is he saying to these people? And when I heard him speak of a heaven or a hell, it just switched my whole consciousness as a child. Like, I just wasn't interested in child things. I just, in, in my mind, I just needed to be fed understanding of what was this heaven or hell that was being talked about. And even though I tried to have conversations with uh, my parents they thought I was too young to understand certain things, but I was always listening. So long story short, I grew up just totally different than most children. Like I never played with toys. Like I, I didn't, I didn't even see the, the logic in playing with a baby doll. That's not like alive and that I could really take care of. Like I, I just saw like how fake it was. I never played with, um, not even board games. I was more into like puzzles, science, things of that nature. I think I might've had one Barbie doll my entire life. Um, and that was like right before that transition in age where you just leave the toys alone. <laughs> and um, so like growing up for me, I just, because I had more of a, a, a mind, a, a spiritual mind, of knowing that there's a God, um, I was able to see that people in the world didn't live their life that way. Um, and it, it you know, it, it kind of bothered me because I had a hard time developing relationships with people on a carnal level. Um, so not saying that I didn't have friends, but I did, but because of the spirit that I carried, like 
the friends that I was surrounded by always looked to me as the one to give good advice or the one to lead or guide us into what we should do or what we shouldn't do. You know, I, I actually had to, to live as a child with, with a burden. I felt like I, I lived with a, a burden for a very long time for others, you know, um, be, because of my level of understanding of, be able, of being able to actually see what was going on uh, with a person. And I believe part of that is because I was sheltered as well. Uh, both of my parents were very spiritual, so they were into church, you know, Monday through like Sunday, prayer, Bible study, the whole nine. So um, I didn't get to go out and do um, uh, certain activities that most children do, like especially when they're in school, like school dances and things like that. Um, I, I wasn't allowed to really mingle with people that did um, worldly things. Uh, and I was okay with that because I understood. But it wasn't until I got into high school when my father um, started really um, being out in the streets because he, he had a drug issue. Um, it made me just cling more into spirit, um, just to try to seek for answers. And I, and I really been seeking answers from spirit since, you know, I was four years old. So for the most part, like, you know, I was guided by spirit most because that's actually who I called out to. I called out to, to spirit more than I called out to my mother and father for understanding. And it wasn't until I got to like my junior year in high school to where I realized when I started actually studying for myself to where spirit started acting through the people that was around me. Like I was actually able to hear the spirit that was within me through other people, um, whether they were good or bad. And sometimes, you know, they wouldn't even understand um, why they were feeling that way. But I, I later understood that, um, you know, it was just the vibration that I was on obviously affected the people that was around me. So, um, I want to say maybe like around the age of 1920 is when I started actually, uh, studying spirituality outside of religion. Um, and I bumped into, uh, religion, um, not religious leaders. I bumped into, um, people like Bobby Hemet and Dr. Delbert Blair, um, Dr. John Henry Clark, um, that really summed a whole lot of things up for me of this, of the different experiences that I was experiencing. And it, it, it didn't, it kind of took that burden away, but at the same time, I still had the burden because I, I, I am a, a empath. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm very sensitive to, to the people that are around me, especially the people that I love and care about. And it just, I don't know. It just, I'm not going to say, I don't know, but it just, I just realized the deeper that I went into knowing myself, the more I was actually able to make the connection of why things were around me. It's hard to explain. I can, I can go deeper, but cause I do got to get off of here. But, um, I said all that to say the gems that I received just solely came from me trusting the spirit God that was within me, you know, just by me trusting that spirit God, I, I was always able to get the answers that I needed, no matter, you know, what form that it came in. 
Um, and I know as many of us, you know, as we grew up, you know, we grew up in situations that that just we had no choice but to open our eyes because we were going through all types of things, especially pain, you know, that affects our mental. And um, and yeah, like, I don't know, like, and it, it, it's still like still now to this day, I'm learning to actually take more time to myself. Because I, I real I, I actually just recently realized that I'm just coming out of the the karmetic cycle of my parents. I don't know if most people realize that you know, for a period of time, especially if your parents have karma, you're actually going to live through that karma that your parents had. You know, and um, for the longest time, I thought that it was me. It was a part of me. You know, like I was like really confused. Like I didn't understand why things were going one way when I know I felt a certain way inside, you know. And so now, you know, um, spirit is recently revealing like, look, you know, your 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 comedic time is over. You you serve the karmas of your parents. You know, now it's time for you to live for you. You know, and um and yeah, like, I don't know, I kind of lost my train of thought. Because it, it, there's there's just so much. It's just so much experiences that I have, that I have actually been through, that I, I can't even put everything into words. And it's not even enough time, honestly. Yeah, you were saying that... Explain... Um, you were saying that you just... Uh, that you just came out of the karmic cycle of your parents. I think that's yes. what, you was, what you was trying to uh, go get back to. Yes, well, I mean, it's just... I, I'm just conscious of that now like for the long time like I was just in a, in a in a state of just being confused like I didn't understand why things were going the way they were going like why you know my relationships and why certain things that I was going through was the very exact same things that my parents was going through you know um I just thought it was like you know like a, a psychological thing you know just things that were just stored in my subconscious mind but not knowing that you know it was just me actually having to deal with the karmas um of my parents. So it's like now that I feel free from that, I'm just like, you know, it's just, I feel like, you know, I'm going into, you know, it's a new chapter. It's a new beginning uh, for me. It's, it's, you know, it's a space for me to actually express me without, you know, the, the shadows and the different things that surrounded me, you know, because, you know, sometimes people will see me for who I was. And sometimes people will see me for who, my parents were, you know, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, how sometimes you can conversate with someone and they'll tell you what they think about you or how they feel about you. And you sit there and listen like, but no, nah, that's not that's not really what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, and um, I'm just learning how powerful spirit really is. And I'm learning to trust spirit because sometimes like I'll play myself and I'll conversate with people like and ask questions that I already know just to try to reach a, you know, just to try to reach a connection or reach a common ground with somebody. But I realize you don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? You can just be yourself. <laughs> you know, you don't always yeah. have to uh, wear a mask, you know, uh, for the longest time. I, I just didn't think it was safe, you know, for me to express myself around other people because sometimes if a person can't understand you, they'll look at you differently. And when that happens repeatedly, you actually find yourself withdrawing from even expressing yourself in those type of ways. But I learned, like, you know, that that's nothing but an enemy, you know, an opposing 
energy that's just there to keep you down when really what we're supposed to do is keep going forward, keep being us, you know, keep being a light, keep, um, you know, keep affecting the people around us in a good way. You know, many of us are having these hard struggles because it's us that are to teach others. You know, it's us that we have to share our stories so that others can see what they're going through, that they're not alone. You know, everybody isn't able to tell their story. Some people just are just embarrassed. Or some people are dealing with their ego where they don't want to admit um, the certain issues that they have is because of their karma is a certain thing. Some people actually think that it's a part of them when it's, when it's really not, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's, um, pretty much all I wanted to, uh, well, that's not all I wanted to share with you guys, but that's what I can share. Um, at the moment, I actually have to get off of here, um, because I have some training to do, but yes, I, I really, I appreciate this, uh, room D thank you for, um, for having this discussion. We need to have more discussions like this because, um, some of us are trapped. You know, we really are just by not having someone that we can actually connect to, you know. So, yeah, I, I appreciate this. And, yeah, that's um, that's all I have to say. Thank you, guys. Yeah, most definitely, Tareen. And I, Peace, I actually, goddess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm grateful for this platform for that for that very reason. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's not it's not too many of us who, you know, can, can get up and, and have these conversations with, you know, the, the first people that we see during the day, whether it be, you know, family members or neighbors or whatever the case is, we don't, we don't all have like an immediate realm of, of you know, people that we can talk to about certain things. So, you know, I'm grateful for, for um, you, you know, even coming into the space and, and feeling, you know, comfortable enough to express that and, and you know, sharing, sharing some of your journey with us. Um, but you said a lot though, and I, and I definitely, I definitely can relate to, to a lot of that as well. Um, and it's, it's just, it's interesting that everybody, everybody that says something like, there's always a piece of that journey that resonates with me, that I've kind of experienced in my own, in my own way. Um, and and then as far as your story goes, like I know exactly that feeling of, you know, being the, being the kid that just sees too much. You know what I'm saying? You just, you see too much, you know too much, and you need to know more. You know what I mean, and 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 because adults don't know how to engage children with the truth, um, you know we that shit just kind of falls short. You end up trying to seek it on your own, and that led me down all type of different paths. So, you know, in that way, I do get it. Um, but thank you very much for for, uh, for tapping in and sharing that with us already. Appreciate you're that. welcome. Peace, everybody. Peace, peace, God. peace, Empress. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so there we go. Um, Queen Letitia, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for joining us. How are you, Queen? Hey, peace, God. How are you? I'm, I'm beautiful. I can't complain at all. It's all love. Awesome. I have like maybe five minutes. So I, like you said, everyone's story, I could pick up something from their story and and be like, she's, I mean, we have a lot more in common than we think. You know, a lot of times we don't realize how much, how much we have in common as a tribe. So, um, I just want to tell you, I'm thank, thankful for the room. And, uh, and then, um, I, my gym, I'm gonna get straight to it. I have a lot that I could share too. I need to write a book, but I'm, I'm not going to do that here. 
but I'd love to at another in another time though. Um, um, it's just with the the time constraint, it, as you I know you could understand. Um, I'm going to pick up little Kai, so that's that's what's going on. Okay, um, handle, handle business, no problem. If it's if it's loud in the back, let me know. Uh, you're good. But um, a gem I picked up on, and I, I want everyone to know. Uh, okay, awesome. Um, a gem a gem I picked up on this journey um, to practicing spirituality would be to forgive yourself. And that means like stop living in condemnation of yourself and and to let that part of you go that that kept you from this space, from your higher vibrational being. And and I think that helps because it lets it almost like light feels so light to be able to do that. Once you once you have uh, forgiven that old self of, of our, our, whoever we were, or, or even all, along our journey, because you're still going to make mistakes. But uh, I just wanted to share that, Jim, is, is just don't live under condemnation. Don't condemn yourself for what you didn't know and, and to uh, live in forgiveness of who you are and live in, in today. So thank you for the time. Letitia, that was right on time for me. I, I actually really needed to hear that. Thank you for sharing that, for real. Um, damn, that's that's real because it is it is hard to over you know to get over the fact that you know damn I wish I wish I knew then what I know now because you know a lot of the things that we deal with now we would have put ourselves in better positions. You know what I'm saying? Even even just as far as like you know knowing knowing to start a business instead of getting jobs and shit like that. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's a lot of things that you know along our paths. You know, in hindsight, it's like, damn, if if only I knew, if I, if only I knew back then, you know what I mean? So I, I appreciate that reminder. It's definitely much needed. Um, Mama Umbaya, thank you for joining us. Would you like to share with us some gems that you, that you, uh, that you dug up on your journey? How are you, Goddess? I am well. How are you, beloved? I, I can't complain at all. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm appreciative. I'm very grateful right now. Good, good. Well, um, thank you so much, family, for having me here. Um, and this is definitely a good topic. I am really not a talker per se. Um, pretty much an observer. I will carry on the conversation. But um, for me, my mom is Pan African, and um, she was living at home with my grandma when she had me. And she often left me with my grandmother while she was out fighting the power. Um, I was born in 1961, so um, I'll be 60 this year. Um, And I've been going down this road for a long time. Um, But one thing that my mother always instilled in me, and I have to appreciate her for this, is that black is black. And that I should always, always, always stick with my people no matter what. And that, um, that, that, that resonated with me throughout my life, even to this very day. Um, I grew up in a tight-knit family tight-knit community in Baltimore where um, now that community I see the disconnect the 
business that we had coming up in that community is not there anymore. And I know that it's because of what's being what's been set up to bring us down as a people. So I'm always there um, to try to help in the community in any way that I can. Um, my spiritual journey has been one where um, I've been through all of the religions. Um, and I've learned from all of them, even though, um, figuring out, um, the theft of all of them, where they all came from and stem from, that has put me on the path to where I am today, which is African spirituality. Um, and that's, that's, that's pretty much the time that I have right now because I too have to leave. But, um, thank you for, um, allowing me to speak and thanks family and y'all have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And, and, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying about the, the change in the community, um, out, I, you know, not necessarily out in Baltimore specifically, but. You know, I hear from a lot of people who, who've been around, you know, and over the past few decades, you know, you hear the same thing, just how these these uh, African-centered or, you know, conscious communities, quote unquote, you know, how they used to be so rich and, you know, so active and they just kind of disperse over the years. And I've actually witnessed it, witnessed it a little bit myself here in D.C., um, just as, you know, in, in the years that I've been here and tapped into the community, I've witnessed a few different organizations and community-based programs and stuff like that just kind of just kind of fade to black you know what i mean um and that's that's due to a lot of different things including of course what you said um but just a lot of internal conflict that you know a lot of our people unfortunately you know have a hard time bouncing back from but um definitely you made some good points though mom and i appreciate you sharing some of your journey with us Um, my pleasure thank you queen um and then the goddess herself, the motherboard, Cindy Ashby. Thank you for being on. Ow. <laughs> Shout out to D.I. This is New Energy. Hey. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Tuesdays on the Wake Up Radio. Check them out on OTW Tube, Replays, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I came on to promote you. (laughs) Yeah, all that, all that. I I was going to let you get the clip in real quick. I appreciate you, (laughs) John. Well, no, actually, this topic is amazing because while I'm listening to everyone, I resonate with everything everyone's saying. And even when uh, Torin was saying she's an empath, for the longest I thought I was an empath, but I'm not. I'm something else. Someone said it to me, but I don't know. I can't remember right now. Got a lot going on. Here's my thing. It empathic someone that uh, can, you know, feel what other people are feeling. I can hug you and go home and cry and don't know why I'm fucking crying. Um, but I can also, from a kid, I used to, like, pick the leaves off the tree and, like, talk to them. I used to make up people in my head. I didn't need friends. You know, a lot of times we, well, you know, they call it weirdo shit, weirdoism. But I was comfortable. 
I'm comfortable in my bubble. I'm, I still am. And I was the kind of person that um, I could sit in a corner for hours and talk to myself and my friends, my, my imaginary friends. Uh, my gem, the gem was I learned about energy. And energy can make anything you want it to be and still feel good about it. I've never been diagnosed, by the way, y'all. I don't take any pills. And so it's something about tapping into that energy where you don't just feel what humans feel. You don't just feel what the earth feel. You can feel what plants feel, everything. And it's overwhelming. And so I took it upon myself to say, well, I can't hang out with these people. So now how do you, how do you cope? Well, I've come this far. I'm a thousand. But I've come this far and I've learned that, you know, after a while you will find your tribe. I, when I was in college, I worked um, secu- doing security for my room. And when they would have parties, I was the person that would never go to the parties because I would throw my own party in my own room because I couldn't get expelled because I was on the board for people that kicked you out. Talk about fucking corruption. If you hear I'm a politician, know that there's some dirty shit happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was that person. I was always like, I'm going to step outside of this and do what the fuck I want to do for the naysayers because of energy. Because we're all tapped into this. A lot of us are not paying attention to the energy that flows and the frequency that flows. And that's, that's a gem that I got. And then I could never forget the fact that I could see on the other side of the veil from young. And then at 15, realize, like, that looks like a whole person, but they're not here because y'all can't see that. Not that that. They would go crazy, but I could see the other side. And so, and having to learn how to turn that off and going, I don't want to see that. Knowing what shadow people, if y'all know what shadow people are, and kind of going, okay. Because it's scary, but it's not scary. It wasn't scary to me, right? Um, just being different. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be different. And at the end of the day, um, just being yourself. And that's a gem that we all should have at this point in our lives. Because we grow up thinking, I want to be like this person. Be yourself. You're a leader. You're a superhero. And you're a motherfucking villain too. Be all that. Thank you. Facts. Facts. Yeah, that was definitely a gem. For sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that, Cindy. Thank you. Um, yeah, y'all check out otwtube.com. It's the black YouTube. Um, you ain't got to be censored and kicked off and blocked and, you know, restricted and all of that. You get up there and speak freely. And then we got um, on the Wake Up Radio, uh, which this will uh, be broadcast on. So thank you to Cindy Ashby. Appreciate you, Queen. Uh, uh, let's move on to Janae, another... Uh, Another, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say childhood friend, you know, another old friend of mine. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of similar to what I said about Aisha. You know, we've seen each other on both sides of the spectrum. So I'm interested to hear what you got to share, beloved. How you doing, Queen? Hey, hey, y'all. It's Janae. I am cooking, so please excuse my background noise. My ancestors wanted cabbage, so that's what's getting made. 
But um, yes, I have known the Ivory since I was in ninth grade. Well, going to ninth grade, and he was just about to graduate from high school. So he is right. We have seen each other on both sides of the spectrum. Um, my, I don't know if I should start from childhood or what, but I, I don't know. Being a military kid, like. You you grow up in a, a certain type of household. You grow up w- with, you know, being force-fed that these are the rules. This is how you act. This is what you do. And it's it wasn't until I'll probably say I, I got to high school that I realized that I really didn't have to subscribe to those rules, even though living in my parents' house, you know, what they say goes, of course. But, um yeah, majority of my life, my parents were together. And in high school, they decided to split ways. So I feel like I got a different perspective of just being raised by a father versus being raised with my mother and father and trying to understand that particular dynamic. So it, it I say that that experience, I, coming into my womanhood, I guess, and being raised by my father played a very big role in my life as far as who I found myself to be right now in this particular moment. Um, my dad retired military from the sticks in Pennsylvania. Entire family was on government assistance. Majority of my family is still on government assistance. He's the only one that left Pennsylvania where I'm actually about to go this weekend cause he's getting married. And um, it was just really like, I grew up like Janae, you're the smartest Jones in the world. Don't ever let nobody tell you different. So anytime I felt like I wasn't following or prescribed to what they had given me all my life. I felt like I was letting my family down. And it actually, I'm glad this conversation is happening because it wasn't actually until very recently that um, I was able to disclose to my dad how much I felt like that built up what I guess now would be called imposter syndrome if we're getting into like hot button topics and keywords and shit how much that built up in me because it was like, I can't always keep living up to your standard. I have to create my own standards of life and what it looks like for me and what success looks like for me. So I absolutely love and care for my dad, but I think that he's now to the point in understanding that while yes, I know that routine is very helpful and very successful. Yes. I know that abiding by rules and setting rules and guidelines are, um, absolutely necessary I do them in my own way I set them at my own pace and I I I name them and reclaim them the way that I see fit for my life and as a grown 34 year old ass woman we still have some power struggles but I appreciate the fact that he literally lets me do me in that sense that I'm able to be free I don't have to I can still be the smartest Jones in the world and still find myself fucking up by my own standards and trying to find my way back and piece my way back. And I feel like that was one of the biggest gems that I've recently discovered on this journey is defining success for my own standards, defining, um, defining what it is to live a meaningful life and be quote unquote, the smartest Jones at my own, on my own terms. And 
it wasn't until I'd probably say I was in college for six years. I, I ain't stupid. I just changed my major from math to history. Um, so I stayed an extra two years. And I don't think that it was until my fifth of the six years that I realized that I was really on a spiritual journey. I don't think it was really until I had my solar return in 2016, 20, well, 2014, 2015, that I realized that there was more meaning and more purpose to everything that I thought that I knew when I changed my major to history. And I thought I knew a little bit about spirituality. And I thought that I was learning about Bobby Hemet and France Fanon and everybody. And all of that completely changed my world around my worldview around when it came to who I saw myself to be. And now that I'm at a place in my, what I call my spiritual ascension, um, I just feel like I'm rising every single day. Every single day is an opportunity for me to learn, for me to grow and become even more of who I was becoming before. It felt like a very uncomfortable road. And at times it still feels very uncomfortable. Um, but every day that I process it as being grateful for growth, it gets a little bit more comfortable and then that next level comes in and then I have to grow a little bit more. And then I find myself getting a little bit more comfortable with, okay, I can deal with this, but then I got to go again to another level. It, it's literally like the comfort that you, that you find in being able to say, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I'm destined to be on this journey, even though, you know, I had to live with 18 plus years of people telling me who to be. I literally have to spend probably another 18 telling myself who I wasn't and who I am today. So again, I thank you, Dave. I mean, the ivory for having this room. Cause nobody, well, he probably, he knows, but many don't know, like philanthropy is my thing. And I always, people always equate it to just money and giving money. But for me, philanthropy is time, talent, treasure, um, and testimony. And I feel like these types of intimate spaces, especially for black people, being able to discuss and drop gems um, to help each other grow along the way is a form of philanthropy within our own communi community because we're able to share testimonies that may help somebody else grow in a way that they may not have recognized that, oh, I can grow in that direction and it still be okay for me to consider this, this, and this about myself. So again, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Dee. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you said some things I didn't even know, you know what I mean? So thank you for sharing. Um, and, you know, the I, the thing is, like, the, the idea of sharing and just, I, I look at it like this, you know, usually when it comes to just regular conversation that we have with people, whether it be, you know, in our day-to-day -day lives or, you know, here on Clubhouse or whatever, you know, it's, we, we center so much on the topic and, you know, we do get we do get multiple perspectives on the topic, and you know, it's, it's always cool, you know, to to uh, to tap in in that way because you know we most of us are like minded, um, and it's I enjoy being able to bounce bounce different ideas and you know different bits of knowledge and piecing it together. But I think it's just extremely powerful to to uh, to uh, understand each other on on a level of you know what kind of experiences do we share? You know, cause I, as far as people that I've, you know, people that I've been around for the most part in my life, it's a handful of people that I know I can have certain conversations with and it's understood, you know what I'm saying? What, what we on without having to try to teach them some shit, you know what I mean? And 
that's usually the case with most of our family. Then you feel like an outsider so much that, you know, when you do meet somebody, you know, when you're in public and you even something as small as the aesthetic, like you see somebody with an unk on or some RBG on, you know, your eyes gonna catch that. You're like, oh shit, because is that kind of stuff should be normal. You know what I mean? We should we got to be in environments where that's where it's normal to be aware of what's going on around you. You know, we we surrounded by fucking. We surrounded by people who just completely null and void, you know, when it comes to like just the the cultural understanding of who we are and how far and how disenfranchised we are from the essence of who we are and how we're supposed to be out here. But um, I digress. Uh, you know, I appreciate everybody sharing so far, man. Um, definitely want to get my brother Amir up here. Been waiting a minute, King. How you feeling, bro? It's good to see you today. I'm good. I'm good. Priest, man. Appreciate you having me. And uh, peace to everybody on the audience. And thank you for sharing your stories. Uh, you know, one of the gems that I picked up and I really honed in on it a lot very recently was my relationship between my conscious thought and subconscious thought and how they play a role in my development, um, past, future and present and how to manage that to manifest the things that I want and the future that I, I foresee for myself. And uh, I actually made like a mathematical equation um, regarding it. And, you know, once you understand all the parts of the equation, you understand how to use them to your advantage, or at least you understand a little bit more about how the universe operates in unison with uh, the thoughts that you put out and the words that you speak. You know, we, we both know we have two different sides of thought process. You have your conscious thought, you have your subconscious thought. Uh, subconscious is things that you do without thinking, right? These are things that are ingrained in you that you do sometimes without even knowing that you're doing it, blinking, breathing, licking your lips, uh, biting your nails, you know, all kinds of habits that we have that are done through our subconscious mind. But beyond that, there are certain acts that we, I guess, um, there are certain acts that we perform using subconscious thought as well. <clears throat> some of them could be beneficial to us. Some of them can be harmful to us. The thing is with subconscious thought, if you don't know what you're, you know, if you're not aware of what you're doing, uh, sometimes it's difficult to realize the impact that it's having on you, whether it's hindering you or helping you. Conscious thought is the intentional thought that we have. It's something that we make a decision to do and then we act on it. It doesn't happen without us making that uh, that decision. So in order for us to actually manifest things, we have to put subconscious thought over our, con or, I'm sorry, you have to put our conscious thought over subconscious thought. Conscious thought is, for you to be intentional about something, you have to use your, your conscious thought. Conscious thought requires energy, right? This is why a lot of people, when you see, um, for instance, I, I know I talked to Dee about this a lot, uh, in the neighborhood, um, the overall vicinity of where he lives, you know, you can go down the street and there are guys who wake up every morning 
get their lawn chairs, go to the liquor store, and they sit there. And they either engage in whatever activities they're engaging in, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whatever it might be. And they do this because they don't want to deal with their conscious thought. They would much rather live in the subconscious, right? When you are not in your right state of mind, it's much easier for you to just let things just let things happen. But for you to make something happen, you have to omit energy into conscious thought. This is, for instance, why some people who may feel like they don't like math, they really don't like math because they have to be conscious about being meticulous with their equations. They have to work with numbers. They have to actually be intentional about solving the problem versus being able to just skim over something and getting a result. So when I realized that in order for me to manifest anything, I had to be intentional about it, I realized that I had to leverage my conscious thought more often. Have you all ever been driving home? Let's say you go to work same route every single day. You all ever had like one of those days where you drive home and you know, you left work and then all of a sudden you're home and you're like, I don't remember anything on that drive. How did I, I get here? How did I, like, what happened? Like, I don't remember any of the cars. I don't remember past, like, you just remember you were driving. It just happened subconsciously because you do it so often. So trying to be conscious about what we're doing allows us to be intentional about what's going to come of it. If I know that I want to uh, be more healthy, I want to work out, I want to gain muscle or I want to gain energy. I have to consciously put in an effort and be intentional about that and go and work out. I got to get up. I got to go either early or after work. And I have to intentionally go and do that because subconsciously, if it's not something that I have created a habit, if I have not ingrained that, that habit into my subconscious, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to just happen naturally. So once I realized how to master being intentional by consciously thinking about how the things that I was doing every day would result in my overall purpose or my overall goal of whatever it is I want to achieve, I was able to realize that manifesting the things that we want is really not that hard. It just requires energy. And a lot of us are energy depleted, whether it's because of the foods we eat whether it's because of the thoughts that we think or the media that we intake. And we have to be aware of the things that drain our energy because if we're always engaged with people or things or activities that drain our energy, it's very hard for us to put energy into conscious thought to be intentional about achieving a purpose. So I'd say that's something that at any level uh, all of us can relate to and I would challenge everybody who's listening to wake up tomorrow. You can go throughout the rest of your day. You'd realize how often we actually move in the subconscious and not in the conscious. Try to be intentional about every single thing that you do for the rest of the day today until you go to sleep. Like literally be intentional about it. When you are sitting there scrolling on Instagram, that's you living in the subconscious. You're not really using any energy, you're allowing the subconscious to take over 
and you're just intaking content into your subconscious. So, you know, all these things that kind of waste time or don't move us towards our purpose, that's because we're not using our conscious thought. Once you start realizing that you can put that conscious thought to the forefront and be intentional about something, you realize how your habits change and how more, how it affects your productivity and how it pretty much affects the results that you are intending for, for your life. So I definitely challenge everybody who's listening to um, just try that. Just try being very conscious about every single thing that you do for the rest of the day. It's a, it's a difficult task. Even I myself, I'm still working on mastering that. But um, once you realize how easy it is for us to get caught up in the subconscious and not focus on being intentional about what we're doing, um, you'll start to kind of work towards um, mastering that skill. I'm Amir and I'm done talking. Yo, hey, <clears throat> hey, Amir, I appreciate that. Uh, that was that was a hell of a gem, a hell of a uh, contribution to the conversation, bro. Because, uh, you know, when you talk Thank about, you. yeah, for real. Uh, when you when you talk about like that that intentionality, like making a decision to to move forward with with whatever it is, because. In, in your subconscious mind, this is where like this is where you derive those ideas. This is where you, this the think tank where you, you know that that infinite potentiality is there. You know, you know you have to you have to dig into that at some point and then push forward with whatever idea or you know whatever you're setting out to do based off of that subconscious thought. And you know they always they always kind of present it to us. And on the flip side, like you have to be when it comes to when it comes to your subconscious mind we're thought that that just controls your conscious mind. You know what I'm saying? But in, in actuality, it's like your conscious mind is what we, is what we have control over. So it's like, you know, you can wake up on autopilot, go through your whole day, just like you said, you know, not just driving back and forth to work, but actually experience a whole day or several days at a time or weeks and months at a time that just went, that just went by, you know, and, and then, you know, you, you snap out of it after a couple of weeks and you realize that it's a blur and you haven't accomplished anything, you know, and it's because you just marinated the whole time. You just marinated and, and you know, that, that past, that, that, that passive shit. And I think that's just, that's kind of just a manifestation of like the frame of mind that we've been conditioned into just being extremely passive. You know what I'm saying? Just lay down and just fuck it. Whatever happens, happens. Like you said, the, the escapism that we see all day, every day. Motherfucker, we just want to get high and just feel good. I just want to feel good, man. Man, you blowing my high, brother. That's why I like uh, Dr. Amos Wilson. He speaks on that a lot. You know what I mean? Just psychologically, how we're always drawn to the most self-destructive shit. And that's because we just got idle minds out here. Because if you have to be logical, you have to think about the reality of our condition. And you look around, it's all fucked up. And now you now you got to be held responsible as a, as a man or as a grown woman or it's like, damn, what, you know, you have to deal with the reality of what the fuck's happening. So, um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate all of that, all of that, God, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, so, based off of, like, what, that, what everybody was saying, like, it's, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of common denominators in our experiences, and, you know, usually at some point when you have that awakening, or even with, even if it was intrinsic, 
you know, as a child and you um you knew that there was something more or you know, for whatever reason, you know, you kind of felt, you know, outcasted or, you know, set aside because you understood that what was happening in front of you must be somehow just like this can't be it. I used to experience that so much as a child. And that's why I say a lot of the shit that we talk about, I knew a lot of this shit as a child. Seven, eight, nine years old, I had this reoccurring dream of, uh, like whenever I looked into the darkness in my dream, whether it was under a table or in a corner, under the bed, you know, you see them dark shadows, just, just that pitch black. I would always see an eye in, in that darkness just looking at me. You know what I'm saying? It used to scare me. Um, and after a few times of having that dream, over the course of a few years, probably like, I remember being like five, six years old having that dream and waking up to scare the shit out of me. Because I would, ha- I would try to close my eyes in the dream. You know, and in, in that darkness of my eyes being closed, that eye still be there just staring at me. So um, eventually the eye disappeared out the dream. So it was just the darkness. My, the reoccurring dream just became everywhere that there was just pitch black darkness. It would be pulling me in. It would be pulling me in, pulling me in. And I remember telling my mother about it. And she just looked at me like I'm crazy. I just didn't really say anything. And so that kind of just... For whatever reason, that type of dream used to fuck with me where I used to ask questions about shit like, you know, how do I know that the world really exists type shit? Like, you know, I'll be looking out a window and I'm like, Ma, how do we know that's really out there? Like, And she's like, man, we, you know, stop stop focusing on that and focus on, you know, your schoolwork. You, you think you sitting around daydreaming and think about this and that. You know, you need to be blah, blah, blah. Because like uh, Janae had mentioned, um, like a few of us had mentioned, you know, I, I was raised in that type of environment where, you know, it was just this is it's going to be this straight and narrow type of type of thing where you're going to make sure you, you know, clean cut and do it like this and do it like that so you can be accepted. You know what I mean? You need to go out here and try to be put, pull your pants up, cut your hair, you know, take all that individuality off and you need to fit the mold. I don't know if y'all ever seen that. Um, it's a meme that was going around a while back of like all these logs lined up, like the children in school, like going into the school and they were all logs with branches and shit hanging off. And, uh, as they were going into the school, the teacher standing there and the teachers an ax, like an ax or whatever at the door. And all of them was going through the front door and coming out the other side, like a perfectly shaped piece of wood, piece of wood, like a two by four or something like that, you know, and just cutting off, cutting everything off so that they could fit that mold. And um, I always pictured, like, I always pictured that to be what my mom wanted for, for me. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, I guess what I'll share on my journey is kind of how I experienced. So, my mother married a white man, right? And his he already had two, uh, two children from a previous relationship with a black woman. So, they were mixed. Um, my mother had had my youngest sister with him and then they got a divorce right so that pretty much was for a period of time it was my mother um, my mother me and my three siblings who were all mulattoes and their father was usually gone because he was in the military so it was pretty much just us 
And so we divorced, but when they divorced, it was just myself and my sister. Um, but I saw a lot of shit growing up. Like I was just exposed to too many like adult things that I ain't, I ain't had no business seeing just because I was I was nosy, you know, popping up around the corner trying to figure out what's going on, listening to conversations late at night, you know. So I found out a lot, you know what I'm saying? I knew who was cheating on who. Well, everybody was cheating on everybody, you know what I'm saying? And from an early age, I knew that adults kept secrets. Everybody got double lives. Everybody got some shit going on. And so I ain't, I ain't even trust my, my mom. You know, I, I felt a way about how she moved because I felt like, you know, my mother was extremely self-hating, you know what I'm saying? And she had a, she, she was like the epitome of, you know, that, that conditioning of, you know, just that anti-black male sentiment, you know what I mean? She, she kind of was like subliminally giving me that shit from as far back as I can remember, just hitting me with that shit. And, um, I always knew something wasn't right about it. You know what I mean? I knew that I was better than what she tried to, you know, what she was trying to make me out to be. You know what I'm saying? And so I kind of just, I kind of just went into myself. So, you know, through my teenage years, it was really my mom, myself, and my youngest sister. Um, and so I spent a lot of that time to myself. And, you know, I was really into like the, the, uh, the commons and the Talib Kweli and, you know, all the conscious music back in the day, most deaf and even this, the, the soul shit, like, you know, Jill Scott and whatever, whatever. But I, I wasn't necessarily conscious. Like, I liked that shit. That was my vibe, but I, I wasn't tapped into what they was talking about. Um, but I remember being exposed to just certain symbols, like the unk and shit like that. So I used to wear, I used to wear unk necklaces around my neck. Um, just like a, a lot of youngins now, they'll be wearing an unk and don't know what the fuck it is. People used to ask me what it was, and I knew it was something Egyptian, but I never related it to Africa or being black or being African. I just knew what the symbol meant because I saw Erica Badu talking about it. So I'm, you know, 13, 14 years old with an uncle around my neck. No idea why. Um, as far as like what I was learning in school, I never questioned nothing. I just, I really didn't care. This shit was easy to me. I was getting decent enough grades. You know, but I was like the class clown, so I was always loud and shit, you know, playing around in class, but there wasn't too much you could say because my grades is decent. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I say all that to say I didn't necessarily grow up understanding, you know, what I was exposing myself to, but I was exposing myself to it. And so a lot of that was just planting seeds for later on. So when I really got on my journey, I was digging them up and, you know, sapping back in. But, um... I was kind of just, you know, Christian by default, like a lot of us are. Um, my mom, we wasn't necessarily in church or nothing like that, um, but she she used to listen to gospel and all that, you know, whatever. So I wasn't, Jesus and all that shit wasn't shoved down my throat growing up. Um, so I wasn't tripping off of that. But, you know, as I got older, you know, I ended up, you know, in the streets and getting into all type of wild shit, you know, getting locked up a few times and things like that. And the longest time I was locked up, I had a cellmate, um, this older dude named Stu. And he put me on to this book. This, I can't remember the name of it, but it was, you know, pretty much breaking the Bible down, you know, from a Christian standpoint, you know, like like a, a Christian, you know, in-depth Bible type shit. So that's when I was indoctrinated with some Christian shit, even more so than what I understood when I was younger. 
And, you know, like a lot of people like get locked up and, you know, gravitate towards a religion. Um, that's what it was with me. So by the time I got out, I'm like, all right, let me just, let me turn my life around and shit. You know, because a lot of times just on the default level, if you either in the streets and you fucking up and you wilding out or you in the church trying to get your life together and you trying to put the suit on and cut your hair and live a certain kind of way. So I tried to take it to that extreme because I was, I, I didn't like the way my life was going before that. So that's kind of when, that's kind of when my journey began for real because um, I ended up, I ended up marrying my ex-wife because she was a Christian. We was all in the church and everything. Um, she had some kids. I had a couple kids, you know what I mean? And so we, we was doing it like that and trying to, trying to <laughs> raise the kids in the church and shit. So as I was studying over the course of several years, I started just, what, what, what I was exposed to first was, uh, was, uh, something about, you know, Jesus and, you know, Horace, both, you know, having 12 disciples and, you know, Jesus is really the son of God and things like that. And, um, it was Ray Hagen, Ray Hagen, if anybody's familiar with Ray Hagen, um, like Sara Supersetti and shit, whenever that, all that was popping, but it was like right around the time, uh, maybe a little bit before, I don't even, I want to say around 2013 or so. Around 2012, 2013 is when I really started being exposed and understanding shit. Um, but from like 2011 on forward, for real, is I, I would say when my journey really started getting serious. So um, I didn't even realize that there was a quote unquote conscious community out here. I was just, I was just really tapping in and you know understanding what it meant. You know what a lot of these African spiritual systems were talking about when it came to you know ancestral veneration and shit like that. So. Um, I found a lot of, I found a lot of solace in, in venerating my ancestors and, you know, tapping into my, my bloodline and, you know, figuring out who I was as an African man. And all of that resonated with everything that I already knew when I was younger, you know, everything was just hitting home, you know what I'm saying? It just, and it just aligned for me to pick up on things really fast and, you know, get to a point where, you know, I felt like I wanted to share it with people and shit. So. Um, I started going to these events and all that out here in DC and you know through that I just started you know developing somewhat of a network and you know tapping into the uh, community organization and stuff like that which is where I met my brother Emil up here um, and you know the rest is the rest is just what it is you know I've I've, uh, I've been grateful enough to come in contact with you know a lot of really powerful people who have a wealth of knowledge and understanding and real scholars you know what I'm saying and real real men so it's it's not you know and, and real real women as well you know I don't mean I don't mean to uh, leave out all the queens that you know whose, whose paths I've been crossing but I say that to say that you know I've become a better man and you know iron sharpens iron based off the people that I've been around you know what I mean and so I'm just grateful because my journey has it, it continues but you know my journey has led me here you know among you know, a lot of people who understand the shit from the same, you know, from the same standpoint, I understand the world and, you know, we all cut from the same cloth. So, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, so I guess that's a little bit of my journey. And, you know, my kids, my kids 
and you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. They've seen me along my journey. They've seen me go from, you know, trying to explain to them, you know, from a religious standpoint on what it means, you know, to live, you know, righteously and, you know, live a certain way. And, you know, as I was learning things and I start, you know, coming out of the church and shit like that, I was very vocal with my children. I was like, listen, everything I told y'all was a lie. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, I, and that's, that's and that's what's dope about my kids because, you know, they, they got a lot of me in them. You know what I mean? I know how inquisitive they are. They're really curious. They want to know. So when I needed when I needed an ear to teach to, you know what I'm saying? They was both open to hear it. And I know I know that I planted seeds in them that they may not understand now, but ain't no way they that they're not gonna be, you know, uh leaders in their own right when they when they're of age. So I mean they already are, to be honest with you. But um Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm just rapping now. I've been talking for like ten minutes. But um Yeah, just from the yeah, little kid bit I heard Emperor D of from your son on that video him talking about the Lion King I, I saw you all over him yeah you should have seen him uh, you should have seen him out there because it's like Malachi's you know he's 10 and he's extremely mature for his age um, but you don't really know how much he's absorbing you know from his environment and like you know he, he knows when to fall back or whatever but when he saw the opportunity to teach something Man, yeah, he broke it down. He broke down how <laughs> how Scar and Mufasa, you know, what kind of lions they were, and who should really be the leader, the pride, and all that. But he, uh, him and my daughter both, they can they can hold conversations that most kids at their age that their age can't, you know. And uh, I just I feel like you know that it's 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 part of the it's part of just you know our, our genetic line. Like all of us. When it comes to our ancestors, I feel like the reason why we're put in this position where we are now to be the higher vibrating entities and, and the more conscious people in today's time, in 2021, when all of this shit is going on, you know, for us to be the vanguard and on the forefront of this, this spiritual awakening, like this collective consciousness of us realizing who we are, you know, and not, not just, not just in this physical plane, you know, but realizing who we are, you know, on, on a spiritual plane and, you know, learning how to walk in that and tapping into all this ancient wisdom. It's like, you know, most of these ancient scrolls and, and, and these temple walls and stuff, they're, they're telling you that, you know, the when the seeker seeks, they'll find this information. You know what I mean? And so now that the whole world is being exposed to this information, you know, it's like we're all seekers at this point. You know, all of us are on a journey to get more and get more information and they left it for us to get all of it, you know? And so we have a great responsibility. I feel like when it comes to, you know, the, the, uh, the raising of the consciousness of the, of the masses, you know, the world is getting to a point where there's being divided between those who kind of just rock with the status quo and, you know, they just kind of, you know, you know, she walking blindly to the slaughter. You know, and, and and it's just being divided where, you know, it's not now it's now they have a label for people who don't rock with this shit. And and the mass media is telling people you should have a problem with this. Y'all should y'all should be mad at the people who don't you know, who don't fuck with uh what we on. Even down to like the um the uh 
like the fear tactics of like voting and shit, like, you know, vote or die. You know, it, I remember watching that and it was like, yo, and they use like red, red paint on the white wall with the, look like it's blood dripping down, vote or die. I'm like, wow, what type of mind game is this? You know what I'm saying? And that's the same vibe I'm getting now when it comes to this, uh, to this needle. Cause <laughs> I mean, people, people will look at you like you a straight up demon for walk around and you ain't got the needle up in you. This is crazy. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, th- those of I us who, no, go ahead. Can I please give you your props real quick? Cause you glazed over something. And I feel like we need to revisit that before we start talking about the jab. Because the way that you have made space for your kids to be as inquisitive as they are, I think that there's something to be said about that. Because you know the households we grew up in, um, and I can only speak for us because we had these off conversations, but it, it's, it's the world today is a lot different from when we came up. People aren't allowing people weren't allowing their children to be as expressive as you do people aren't allowing their children to be exposed to quote-unquote grown-up conversations the way that you do if a parent in the household back then wasn't subscribing to a particular religion it wasn't like a great announcement it wasn't like a a deep grand conversation that i know of about it so i do want to give you your props and your kudos for being transparent with your children and not hiding um the the facts the knowledge of how to understand and learn and unlearn things that are, are are pertinent for your growth in this lifetime. Because that's really the only true way, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the only real way that the next generation is going to come, the next generation of thinkers are going to come up confident in what they know and believe and how to research and how to critically think through concepts and conversations the way that we're having them now. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Janae, for, um, for acknowledging that. And I mean, for me, um, that is intentional for me because I didn't have an example of how to do that. You know what I mean? And so I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm winging it. You know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's like I'm racing against time to become the man that my kids see in me. You know, because I, I know, I know that they look to me as somebody who knows so much, who, you know, who, um, who's, who's different from, from what they see, you know, they, their, their mother's lifestyles are completely different from mine, you know, and, and the things that I teach them are, are so contradictory to what, you know, to what they hear from their grandparents and their school teachers. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I wish that as a kid, I could just look to one person and say, yo, they was on some different shit. You know, but I come from a superficial ass family. I'm talking about my extended family. Like I, I come from an extremely materialistic, <laughs> uh, uh, ratchet family. You know what I mean? And so it, it's just what it is. But you know, I, I try to be a different example for my kids, man. And um, D, you know, that's, that's that's what all of us are doing as a community. Is is all of us are holding that that responsibility. I'm sorry, who, who was that? My bad. That was, that was me. By the way, you guys are listening to New Energy. Uh, this is D.I.V.E. <laughs> you can listen to this on the Wake Up Radio. Uh, replays OTW2.com. When you said you're winging it, I want you to take it back. Take that back. You're not winging it. You have been guided. 
you have been guided. What did Amir say? Amir said, if we could just sit without just going on the subconscious shit, the, the scrolling through social media or the, the regular I drove home on autopilot today and I don't know how I got home. You did not fucking wing it. You're guided. Do you get what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. Yeah, there, there, yeah. to, there were times where an uh, ancestor would pass, uh, well, uh, elderly would pass. I'd be sitting somewhere. The fucking car's not on. And the music comes on. I'm present and aware. Auntie Laura liked the radio. Because the fucking radio ain't supposed to turn on if the car ain't on. Shit like that. We need to pay attention to what is going on around us. Like we are so much stronger than we absolutely could fucking understand and divine. And when you are put pouring into your children, you're pouring in because you have a super strength and a superpower that even you can't deny. You're not winging it. It's just a part of you. It's you. That's why I said you can be an awesome superhero, super villain, be all that shit. Thank you. It's Cindy Ashby. Later. <laughs> hey, give thanks. Hey, give thanks for that, Cindy. I, I appreciate that. That's I appreciate you interjecting and um <laughs> and uh, and reminding me of that because uh I, I am divinely guided and protected, uh, and and that's been evident in too many occasions in my life. You know, I I I, uh, I usually lead with that, but um. You know, I appreciate you correcting me on that because that's that's really real. Um, that's peace, uh, sis. Thank you for that. You are absolutely yeah, right. Most definitely. Hey, I gotta I gotta acknowledge the God um, stepping in uh, before I do. Yeah, uh, Amir, you wanted to say something? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say one thing to tie uh, what the sister just said to you um, and bring it full circle. Something it was really full circle for me, but I'm gonna share it with you guys. <clears throat> so. You know, I was talking about this whole thing being an equation that I came up with, right? Uh, so the equation started with time and time being an equal opportunity employer. It's the only equal opportunity employer because no matter where you're from, who you are, what type of money you have, what your background is, we all have the same amount of time in the day, all right? I think we can all agree that everyone has the same 24 hours. Now, right. we may not have the same resources to take advantage of that time, uh, the same way, but in order to take advantage of any time that we have, we have to be intentional, and that's where that whole equation came from. <clears throat> in order to make time valuable, you be intentional about what you do with your time, and being intentional is having that conscious thought over subconscious thought, and so I just wanted to tie that equation together, because while you might think you were winging it, somewhere you were intentional for you to be in the point where you are right now because I'm sure, I mean, we have very deep conversations uh, with each other all the time. And I know that you are very proud of your progression to where you are today and the man that you've become and what you've accomplished and where you're headed with things. <clears throat> and so I'm pretty sure if you go back and like really dig deep, you'll realize that you were probably more intentional than you realize. That's all. Wanted to bring that equation together for everyone. Hey, on, on a personal level, Black, um, Amir, you know, hey, bro, you, you're 100% right, man. And the thing is, 
Um, and and that's why I can attest and, and testify so much so much to what you what you said earlier about intention because you know I've 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 been on both sides and, and which is how I learned to control that pendulum. But I've been on that side where I kind of just you know sat in sat in uh, in thinking mode and in, in planning mode and in, in strategizing mode for so long. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you know I know I know what that does. You know what I mean? That's people fall into deep depressions like that. You know, years go by and this motherfuckers that you know never never accomplish what they claim to set out to do. You know, um, but I, I I literally have created the life around me now. I've literally created from from zero to a hundred. You know what I'm saying? From you know from zero to where it is now. And it was all literal intention of saying, okay, this is where I see it going. Boom, I got there. So let me move the chains a little bit. Okay, boom, let me get there. And and it's, it's, it's a matter of like digging yourself out of a hole. I'm talking about like emotionally, like spiritually, you know, digging yourself out of a hole from, you know, um, not having anything to wake up and do. You know what I mean? And, and not having any type of... Uh, uh, any type of momentum or, or even just the, the stamina to even want to get about the bed and do something. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've been there, you know? And so it, that's, that's why I, that's why I love that the whole concept of alchemy and literally transmuting yourself from, from dark to light, you know, transmuting your energy from, you know, uh, uh, from lower to higher vibrations, you know, from base metals to gold, you know, all these different analogies, but, Alchemy is literally just the idea of transforming yourself from your lower to your higher self. And again, you know, it's intention. It's always intentional. So yeah, that's that's love, brother. I appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, the guy Yurima Karama is in the building, man. I appreciate you coming in, King. What's going on, G? You up here? Yeah, peace, love, and life, family. Um, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you're on. You're on. Do you Okay. Yeah, peace, love, and life to the family. Um, apologies for 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 uh, being late. Um, I'm actually uh, uh, doing a contract right now, but I did want to. I did want to get on once I saw that the, that you were having a room. Um, you got one of the hottest products on the market, bro. <laughs> That's I mean. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. one of the on the market. Um, and I haven't. I, I I just really kind of want to listen. I haven't gotten the gist of the conversation, but just going off of uh, what you and the God just were talking about. Um, yeah, we. I um, think that, um, and I know I know a lot of the backstory because you and I have had the opportunity to talk. So, and I. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, no, I think it's delayed. Can y'all hear me right now? Yeah, I, I hear you. I think it's delayed. Go, go ahead, God. I'm, I, I didn't mean you. to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying that I, I, I know a lot of the backstory, right? So, um, you know, we've gone, we've, we've, we've traveled a similar path when it comes to depression and things like that. And um, the fight that you have to go through to come up out of that. Um, it's a hell of a fight and it's a daily battle. 
Um, people don't people that don't deal with depression they they wouldn't know they wouldn't really understand what that what that is like uh, when you say not even wanting to get out of bed that's a real thing so I just want to say I'm proud of you um, and it's only going to get as you as you move more into your power it's only going to get greater for you um, and things are only going to expand uh, we're on this life journey for a reason and there's always obstacles that we have to go or that we have to overcome to become greater beings. And you are doing that and, and doing it very well, looking good while you're doing it too. Um, and so, um, so if I can I give, appreciate you, man. yeah, if I can give, if I can give one, if I can give one jewel, um, and then I'm going to mute, um, it would be that, um, how I live now, and, and I still go through depression. Don't get me wrong. I still have my, I, I still have my days. Like, what is this shit all for? And you know, I, I go through that shit. But um, I turn it. I, I, I try to turn that off by saying, um, if I die tomorrow, how much can I get done today? Um, and that's the philosophy I live by. Like, if I die tomorrow. That means I got to get a whole lot of shit done today because I'm no longer going to be here. And I try to pack as much as I can. Um, and I'm talking about legacy. I try to pack as much as I can in that day. Um, you're leaving behind a legacy, brother. Um, and it's a beautiful legacy. Um, it's a legacy that, you know, you're, you're saving lives. Crystals are important. Um, as, as people will soon find out. <laughs> they're they're very important. They're essentials. When we talk about the essentials on the planet, crystals are essentials right now. And yeah, so um, you're leaving behind a legacy. So um, every day, pack it in because um, nothing's guaranteed. So peace. Hey, bro, that's yeah, that's that's a hell of a jewel, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, guy. Um, yeah. Um, for what everybody said, man, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, I, I definitely, um, I, you know, I, I, you know, when we talk about, you know, depression and, and, and all these different things, like I'm actually grateful because I actually, I'm at a point now where I know I'll never experience some of the lows that I've experienced in the past because of uh, self-awareness. And that's what I wanted to get at um, when Amir was speaking earlier. Uh, when we talk about, you know, the, the, the subconscious and the conscious mind, the line in between is awareness. Um, and, and on my journey, that's like a, that's like a keystone that, that term right there, um, is like a reoccurring lesson that I've had to learn is to be self-aware, to pay attention to my own patterns, to pay attention to, um, even, I mean, on, even on a physical level, a lot of times us as men, um, you know, we ignore certain things, you know, certain pains and ailments and, you know, you can have some shit wrong with you and you don't know about it till it's too late because we ignore our own bodies. Um, and, and I've, I've, I've done that for years, you know what I mean? And just, you know, it's, it's like, I'm, I'll, I'll ignore the pain so long that I don't even feel it anymore. You know what I mean? And so, uh, that's, that's happened, um, on, on a physical level, but then, it also happens, you know, on the level of uh, dealing with your emotional baggage and just certain experiences that accumulate over time. 
Uh, it's only so long you can push everything under the bed before that shit, you know, is, is just too much. So, um, you know, gratefully enough, you know, years ago I've experienced, you know, certain rock bottoms that, um, you know, that since I've learned how to, I've learned how to control my, my pendulum to the point where I know that, um, you know, there's just certain, there's certain spaces that I'm not able to go back. I'm, I'm not able to fall as low to anymore. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, when you learn certain things, you can't unlearn it. You can't unsee certain things. And that's kind of what, what spiritual stamina has done for me. Like I've, I've, I've built myself up and have developed enough spiritual fortitude that, you know, some of these attacks are just, you know, it's, it's like a balloon to a blimp. You know what I'm saying? That shit is nothing. I eat that, you know? And so, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for tribulations and things that I go through. Uh, and, and that's why I like these kind of conversations because, you know, we tend to compare, you know, what we know of ourselves internally. Like we, we know every experience, we know all of our insecurities, you know, all of our, what, what we consider to be flaws and shit like that. Um, and, but we compare that to everybody else's external persona you know, everybody else, the, the way that they carry themselves and present themselves to the world. You know, so we forget that other people got wounds and a lot of those wounds are in the same places that we have ours. You know, a lot of our scars are identical, you know, and so I just think it's important, you know, sometimes to just, you know, let each other know like this, this is a, this is the, uh, this is the map I drew, you know, to get to, to, to the treasure, you know, this is the map I drew on my journey. So let's, let's share maps and, and see, you know, how parallel our journeys were, um, or have been because they're not they're definitely not over um i don't know if anybody here has read the book the alchemist but uh you know he's he's on a search for what the what he calls the soul of the world um and they also call the uh the philosopher's stone and these are these are uh uh what do you call it like allegorical symbols for uh, kind of just like understanding the universe as it is, you know what I'm saying? Kind of just, uh, you know, just the answers to the world, you know what I'm saying? Like how to how to get to supreme wisdom and, you know, just a divine uh, bird's eye view of, of what we're doing here, you know, in this realm type shit. So he goes on this journey and on the journey, um, all these different things are happening to him and he's learning all these little virtues. And, you know, one of the biggest things that he learns is like kind of to let go of things and to detach from the things along the journey. You know, he meets a woman, Fatima along the journey who he, you know, he ends up fond of or whatever falls in love with. He ends up having to let go, you know what I'm saying? But he gets a lot of power from her memory and shit. You know, he, he sees different oases and he stops at these oases and they're cool and he gets good water there and, you know, he could just chill out and, and stay there and forget about this strenuous journey, but he leaves that behind. He has to detach from that and leave it behind and continue on his journey. Um, all types of things. He literally, like, runs into a crystal guy. Um, he ends up working at the crystal shop, and, you know, he finds, you know, all this different power with the crystals, and all these different analogies are given throughout the book that is telling you about, you know, the gems that you pick up on this journey to becoming, you know, an alchemist, and becoming a force of nature yourself because you know at the end he finds out pretty much that he can control the weather you know what i mean he can he can 
he can really embody his full power and, you know, transform and transmute himself internally enough to be able to do the same thing outward. And, you know, all four elements are in his control. So I think that's what it's about. I think it's just about, you know, being steadfast on the journey toward like embodying our, our full natural essence to be a force of nature. You know, we're the hand of nature to do what needs to be done. You know, we're capable of um, logical thought just as much as we're capable of subconscious thought and, and contemplation. And, you know, we're, we're, we're just as capable of creating, you know, um, just as sure as a plant grows out the ground. We have the same power. So, you know, that to me, that's what the journey is about. And, you know, what I, what I, the, the common, the common thing that I'm hearing on a lot of the stories that we've all, we've all shared is just, you know, the perseverance, you know what I'm saying? And knowing that there's something beyond what I'm, what I'm experiencing right now, you know, all of us are living in that now. We're all living in the other side of what we've experienced in the past. And it ain't so bad because who knew shit can get like it is now. Shit can always get worse. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, the power that we have is to flip that shit on his head and see it for what it is to us. As their world ends, ours begins. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's, it's, it's time for, for us to embrace the shift. The shift is happening regardless. It's time for us to embrace it and ride the wave, you know, and be a part of the shift and get back in harmony and back in tune with, you know, the, the celestial bodies and with our, our nature so that we can be the best vessel, you know, whatever role that we play. Some of us are Shango. We're supposed to be out here chopping heads. You know what I'm saying? Some of us are nurturers. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are scholars. Some of us are scientists, craftsmen, you know, but whatever it is, make sure we embody in, you know, that essence that permeated through all them ancestors and landed on us in 2021. So here we got, you know, um, we all have five minutes left on this beautiful broadcast with, uh, with the Queen Cindy Ashby on the Wake Up Radio. This is the Ivory. This is New Energy. Uh, we having a high vibrational conversation up in here. Uh, we have uh, a speaker at the last minute. I want to bring up uh, Queen Martine if she wants to uh, share something with us. Um, Peace, Queen. It's good to have you on stage. We're actually close to closing out the room, but I've seen you down there for a while. Did you want to share something real quick before we close out? I just want to say thank you for having this conversation. Ashe. Thank you for having this conversation. Ashe. Ashe. Oh, thank you. Ashe. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, Yeah, does anybody else have anything to add? Anything else to share? Any closing any closing gems you want to drop on the roll? All right. If nothing else, hey, this is Janae again, y'all. If nothing else, if you took nothing else away from this conversation with D and Amir said, self-awareness is so important. That is like the biggest gem on this journey that should be dropped, shared, mined, harvested, wrapped in wire by new energy whatever you need to do 
hone in on your self-awareness and don't let it be defined by anybody else. Once you get in tune with the truth and the value and the worth of who you are, be aware of that at all times of the day and be grateful that you found that gem of yours at all times of the day. Janae, I'm done speaking. Thank you, beloved. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate you. Um, again, again, I just want to thank everybody for taking a, taking the time out of your day to come and engage and, and tap into the conversation. Um, you know, it's been real. I appreciate y'all. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Cindy Ashby for uh, allowing me onto your platform and, uh, and, uh, looking out for the cookout behind the scenes. Appreciate you. Um, uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Letitia, Janae, Amir, Yarima, uh, Sister Martine. You know, everybody that was on stage that left, I'm grateful for everybody's presence, everybody's contribution. So I'm going to go ahead and be up out of here and uh, jump in this lab because I got work to do. Um, hey, everybody, um, we have anybody that needs to be aware in the room, we have the Unity Walk National Meetup this week in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the home of Black Wall Street. Tap in with the guy, Yurima Karama, and his organization, the Unity Walk. Our organization, I guess, we're all, um, we're all you know, pushing towards the same effort. Um, the God Has a Land Project. I want y'all to uh, cash app if you're interested um, in contributing to the Unity Walk. Cash app. Uh, what's the, what is it? Dollar sign, the Unity Walk. Yeah, dollar sign, mm-hmm. the Unity Walk. And D, real quick uh, mm-hmm. on that just to let, because I know some of the family in here is going to be at that walk, but there's going to be other family members that aren't going to be able to make it. We are actually, and you, uh, myself, um, and a few others are going to get together before Friday night to talk about Mm -hmm. intention. But Friday night, we're going to actually do that synchronized meditation we talked about. So we're going to get that done while we're a group together. And for the ones that can't make it, they're going to be able to do that with us via um, we'll do a clubhouse room and lock the room so that only uh, members of the mastermind Alliance can get in and we'll do yeah. that. So, okay. Bet that. Okay. So if anybody in the room is not already a member of the mastermind Alliance, I doubt, I doubt it. Um, yeah. Uh, tap in, uh, go to the bottom of uh, your uh, page or the bottom of mine and find the club mastermind Alliance and, uh, Join that club so that you can get uh, notified because we're doing this. We're doing this group meditation, and it's, it's going to be a powerful, a powerful situation because we're dealing with a lot of, a lot of powerful beings who are who really in tune and who actually do the work. And um, yeah, so that's what it is. So I look forward to this week, man. Whoever's going to be out there, um, Sister Martine, did you did you have something? Yes, actually, Yurima, how are you? Yurima, Scotty, and I need you. Would you be able to give us a call? We need yes. to uh, speak with you. Hi. I'll call you before the end of the night. Give me a minute because I'm at my contract, but I will reach out to you. Absolutely. Thank you. Ashe, thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Well, that's that, everybody. Um, this has been a Cindy Ashby production. We are on the Wake Up Radio. Um, you can tap in uh, to uh, onthewakeupradio.com. OTW2.com is the black YouTube you can go up there and don't have to worry about being censored and cut off and restricted and, and blocked and all the rest of that shit. Um, tap in. Tap into the goddess, uh, Cindy Ashby. 
Um, and if you're not already following New Energy, follow me on Instagram and uh, DM me for any custom requests that you may have. Uh, much love to the room. Um, real quick, Martina, and I'm going to close out. Uh, I need Cindy as well. Cindy, we're on Melanated People together. Um, Scotty and I need to reach out to you. All right, sounds good. All okay, right, everybody, babe, peace there. and love. Thank you. Family, it was good uh, talking with everybody. Y'all have a good night. All right, much love and abundance, family. Appreciate y'all. We out. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in fed book jail? Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate, and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or post and they never get blocked, but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it. Tired of black people getting on white owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars, but you don't get one red cent of that money. Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Eurema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal indigenous melanated ass on over to OTWTube, because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to OTWTube.com and get the Yurima Karama app. Tap into the truth, because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Karama, and I approve this message. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Cindy Ashby Production. On the wake up.